Hello and welcome to ZF1 Amateur, hosted by me, Humura Ruth. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is going just as well as you'd like it to. But if for one reason or another it is not, I always say take it to the Lord Jehovah in prayer and hopefully some Formula One will cheer you up. So if you're new to this channel, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so nice to have you here. This is a Formula One race review commentary channel. I wouldn't say commentary, but it's a Formula One race review channel. So what happens is that I watch events that happen at a Grand Prix weekend, summarize them, and then come on here and share them with you. So subscribe to the podcast and share with another motorsports lover. It's so nice to have you here. And if you've been with us from day one or you joined along the way, thank you so much. I appreciate you as well. Welcome to this episode, which is about the Spanish Grand Prix, or as it is officially known, the Formula One AWS Grand Premio de España 2023. Now, because it is a mouthful, I'll constantly refer to it as the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. Now, just before we dive into that, I have to say, if you ever missed a race during the season or last season or the season before, or towards the end of 2020, you can definitely find it on this podcast channel. So you see why you need to subscribe? And uh, you can also be able to find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform where you're listening to it from, or from my website, www.zhumura.com. There you also be able to interact with, interact or be able to read some of my motorsports articles. So never miss a race. Everything from 2020 Till today is available on ZF1 Amateur Podcast. All right, let's dive into the Spanish Grand Prix, shall we? Now, this is the seventh round of racing that we are having this season. You might remember that we started off in Bahrain, then we went to Saudi Arabia, then Australia, then Azerbaijan, then the United States, then unfortunately we did not go to um italy but then we went to monaco and now we're in spain after spain we'll go to canada then come back to europe for austria uk the netherlands and italy again so that is what the calendar looks like at the moment so the last time we went racing was just last week which is also i have covered that episode on my podcast channel and that was the monaco grand prix where we saw max verstappen win the race he had qualified on pole he went on to win the race fernanda alonso who qualified in second place went on to finish in second place for aston martin and i have to say that is their best finish this season so far and then in third place was esteban ocon who had qualified in fourth place but managed to win the to finish the race sorry on the podium now, Spain, Spain, Spain. I think Spain is one of those places that Formula One fans enjoy having races at. It's one of those circuits that have been around for a long time. Not as long as others, but it's just Spain. It's just the Spanish Grand Prix. In fact, the first Spanish Grand Prix that we had was in 1991. But we have been, there's been racing in Spain, especially around this area since 1913, I believe. So Spain has had a long history of racing. Even, I don't know, way before our parents were born, there was races that were happening in Spain. So I think that's why it holds a place in many people's hearts, you know, that makes it quite iconic and legendary in itself now when it comes to dominating this track it is the two greatest drivers of all time 
Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher, sorry, that have won the most here. They've both won six times in Spain. When it comes to constructors that have dominated in Spain, that is Ferrari. They have won 12 times in Spain. Now, this year, as we've been doing all the previous years, we were racing or we are going to race at Circuit de Barcelona in Catalonia. So that's where we are racing at. The circuit has a length of 4.657 kilometers. If you prefer miles, that's about 2.894 miles. Drivers cover a race distance of about 307.236 kilometers. That's about 190 miles. And that is divided into about 66 laps. So ideally, that's how long the race will go for. Now, coming into Spain in the Drivers' Championship, it is Max Verstappen leading with 144 points. Perez is second with 105 points. Alonso is third with 93 points. Lewis is fourth with 69 points. And Russell is fifth with 50 points. When it comes to the constructors, Red Bull is leading with 249 points. Aston Martin Racing has 120 points in second place. And in third place is Mercedes with 119 points. Ferrari is fourth with 90 points. And Alpine is fifth with just 35 points. Now, a little look back at... Uh, the Spanish Grand Prix results. In 2022, it was Max Verstappen that won here. Sergio Perez finished second. George Russell came third. Carlos Sainz Jr. finished fourth. And Lewis Hamilton finished in fifth place. In 2021, it was Lewis that won the race. Max finished second. Valtteri Bottas came third. Charles Leclerc came fourth. And Sergio Perez came fifth. The year before that, in 2020, it was Lewis who won the race again. Max came second, Bottas came third, Lance Stroll came fourth, and Sergio Perez came fifth. So that's just a little bit about Spain. So I guess you get why it's Lewis's track. I would assume it's his track because he's dominated here. Here, the USA, those are his playgrounds. I just like to think that. That is my very subjective opinion on that matter. Now, interestingly this is the 33rd spanish grand prix that we have had at this circuit and i got to find out yesterday was it yesterday i got to find out that spanish driver fernando alonso will be using the garage number 33 that's max verstappen's old number so today he uses number one but alonso will be using the garage number 33 his pit box number is 33. This is the 33rd helmet design that he has had so far. And he last won a race in 2013 at the Spanish Grand Prix. So if he were to win the Spanish Grand Prix in 2023, it will be his 33rd Formula One win. How interesting is that? I just found that to be such a cool fact. But yeah, it's the number 33 all the way through for Fernando Alonso this year at the Spanish Grand Prix. So listen in or keep listening to see whether he actually goes on to take his 33rd win. But that would be so amazing, wouldn't it? I just have to give you a little bit of insider information. By the time I record this podcast, the race has not happened. So I am just 
clueless as to whether he will win or he won't win. Now, anyway, in other news, Mercedes did bring an upgrade package to the Spanish Grand Prix. Interestingly, since they brought it to the Spanish Grand Prix, they've not had the time or opportunity to test it anywhere. So we're seeing them test it out for the first time and they're and it, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether it actually helps them or doesn't help them because I'm sure they want that performance that they had in Australia right here in Spain. Also, other news at Red Bull, Rob Marshall, the chief engineering officer, is moving to McLaren, I believe next year. I stand to be corrected on that one. But yes, he's moving to McLaren. And I believe there's a number of people that are moving to McLaren as well because McLaren has been signing people from Ferrari and I think Mercedes. So that's what's going to happen. Now, I also have to say this as a disclaimer. If you're an F1 expert, well, thank you so much, first of all, for listening in. It's an honor to have you listen in. But uh, I just like, I really have to ask you to bear with me because sometimes I explain some of the most basic things in F1, but that's because sometimes there are people listening in who don't understand how the sport works. And I kind of try to help them understand how the sport works. So Formula One happens over the course of three days. It's called a Grand Prix weekend. So usually you start on a Friday, you go through Saturday to Sunday. Now on Friday, you have two practice sessions. That's free practice one uh, in the morning. hours usually on a Friday. And then free practice too, usually in the afternoon hours, on a Friday. But if you want to sound like a pro, you say FP1, FP2. And that is for, you know, teams and drivers to acquaint themselves with the track, understand, you know, what tires will work better, understand how the car performs on this track. Like you, you know, like in the case when I just talked about Mercedes having upgrades at their new car. So during free practice one or free practice two or free practice three, they're able to understand whether it was worth it or not worth it at all. Then on Saturday in the morning hours, you have free practice three, which we'll call FB3 in the morning hours. And then in the afternoon, you have the qualifying session to determine how the grid lines up for the race on Sunday. So that's how it works. Let's take a short break. When we return, we'll dive into the qualifying for the Spanish Grand Prix. Okay, sorry for interrupting the show, but you probably love motorsport because you're listening to my podcast and I'm grateful for that. So if you love Formula E motorsport, the motorsport series, why not listen to my newest Formula E podcast called Z Formula E Podcast? It's all about motorsport. I bring you the latest races in motorsport, the drivers, what happens in the tracks and off the tracks and why Formula E is a newer sport you should be interested in. So just look for Z Formula E podcast on your favorite podcasting platform or Google Z Formula E podcast and you'll be sure to listen in. And then, aside from that, yes, I'm a woman of many talents and many passions. I also have a podcast dedicated to the beauty of Uganda. As you know, I am from Uganda. I'm from Kampala, Uganda. And I love to share the beauty of Uganda with the rest of the world, which is why I started my other podcast called Z Humura Show. So if you'd be interested in that, just look for Z Humura Show on your favorite podcasting platform or Google Z Humura Show. All right, let's go back to Formula One welcome back from that short break now let's dive into the qualifying for the 2023 spanish grand prix now if you're new to formula one 
there is need for a qualifying session because all 20 cars, Formula One at the moment has 20 cars, 20 drivers. All 20 cars can start on the same exact line come the race day. I hope it makes sense. So 10 teams, each team, two drivers, so 20 drivers. The tracks are not built wide enough for every driver to start on the same exact line as the other drivers. So in order to determine who starts at the front, who starts in the middle, who starts at the back, there's a qualifying session. Now the qualifying session lasts for an hour and it is split into three intervals. You have quarter one, quarter two, and quarter three sorry it is split into three segments you have quarter one quarter two and quarter three now in between those segments you have intervals now in quarter one which you would refer to as q1 you have all 20 drivers go out onto the track not to race each other but to set the fastest lap time that they could possibly set at the end of the session, the five slowest drivers are eliminated from going to Q2. And those five slowest drivers um, occupy grid places from P20 to P16. So the 20th place, the 19th place, the 18th place, 17th place and 16th place on the grid are occupied by the five drivers eliminated from Q1. Then you have an interval. When you come back for Q2, you have 15 drivers. They also go out onto the track to try and set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set. It is different from racing. Now, at the end of the session, the five slowest drivers are eliminated from proceeding to Q3. And those five slowest drivers uh, occupy grid places from P15 to P11. So they take up the 15th place, the 14th place, the 13th place, the 12th place and the 11th place come race day on Sunday. Then you have an interval and then you come back for Q1, Q3. Sorry. Now in Q3, you have 10 drivers. They go out there and battle it up, try to set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set. And at the end of the session, the fastest driver, I beg your pardon, the fastest driver takes pole position. The second fastest driver takes the second place. The third fastest takes the third place and so on and so forth. So that is how it works. Now, before we get into um, the qualifying summary, just three statements about what happened during the practice sessions. So in FB1, Max Verstappen chopped, sorry, topped the charts, not charts, the tops. So Max Verstappen topped the timesheets ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez and impressively Ocon was running in third. In FP2, Max Verstappen still topped the timing sheets ahead of Fernando Alonso. In FP3, Max again was the fastest driver overall, and unfortunately, we had a crash from Logan Sargent. Alright, that's it for practice. Now, on to the qualifying itself. I'm just quickly going to go through this. In Q1, at the start of Q1 for, you know, just for... I don't know what I'm saying. But at the start of Q1, George Russell said there were a few drops of rain and eventually we started to see a little bit of rain out on the track. Then we saw Yuki Tsunoda half spinning at turn 11 because at turn 11, there was a sport that had a damp patch. So a lot of drivers struggled with that one. Then we also saw Valtteri Bottas running wide through the gravel at turn 14, which prompted the red flags. We saw Nick DeVries spinning. We saw Alex Albon losing it at turn 5. And then with 11 minutes left on the clock to go, because Q1 lasts 18 minutes, with 11 minutes left on the clock, we saw Logan Sargent making it onto the track after his team finally managed to fix his car. 
Now, remember in FP3, I had said a few seconds ago that Logan Sargent had crashed. So his team had to quickly work on the car in order to get him ready for qualifying, which was in the afternoon. So he came onto the track with 11 minutes left in the session. Q1 lasts 18 minutes, Q2 lasts 15 minutes, and Q3 lasts 12 minutes. Now, we also saw Nick DeVries spinning again at turn 11. We saw Charles Leclerc complaining about his rear tires, and so he pitted. Unfortunately, despite the fact that he pitted, he still failed to get himself out of the bottom five in Q1. We saw Fernando Alonso struggling with a damaged car flow because of the gravel he went through. And then we also saw Pierre Gasly being noted by the stewards for impeding Carlos Sainz Jr. and Max Verstappen. Now, at the end of the session, the five drivers that were eliminated were Valtteri Bottas, Kevin Magnussen, Alex Albon, Charles Leclerc, and Logan Sargent. Now, in Q2, it was no longer raining, but the wet patch at turn 11 was still there and it caused a few issues. And... Um, yeah, quickly through Q2, with two minutes left to go on the clock, we saw Sergio Perez bouncing across the gravel at turn five, and that was no good for him at all, considering the fact that he had issues in qualifying in Monaco. He began at the back of the grid and didn't finish that high up as a Red Bull driver would expect to finish. So seeing these problems coming back again for him in Spain was no good to see. Then we also saw teammates George Russell and Lewis Hamilton make contact down the main straight. So what happened was that Lewis was gaining in on George Russell and he thought he would pass him. Instead though, George Russell moved across and the two drivers made contact which cost Lewis his front wing plate. Now George Russell immediately apologized for the incident but the stewards noted it. Now, at the end of Q2, it was Sergio Perez that was eliminated alongside George Russell, Joe Guanyu, Nick DeVries, and Yuki Tsunoda. Now, in Q3, we saw Aston Martin trying so hard to work on Fernando Alonso's car because, remember, we talked about him struggling with um, a damaged car flow in Q1. So they tried so hard to work on his car, and he took a long time, you know, getting back onto the track. And I think by the time he got back onto the track, I stand to be corrected on this one, but it could have been like five minutes left on the clock. And remember, Q3 lasts for 12 minutes. We also saw an interesting situation with Nico Halkenberg. He had only one set of tires, so it probably meant he was going to go out for one run only. And I think that is the shortest summary that I've ever given when it comes to qualifying for a Grand Prix. And I think I did well. So that was the qualifying summary for the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. Now here are the qualifying results. Max Verstappen took pole position sorry, in Spain. Carlos Sainz Jr., Spanish driver, qualified second. Lando Norris qualified third. Pierre Gasly qualified fourth. Although we'll get to know whether he'll have a grid place penalty because of the impeding that we talked about. Lewis Hamilton qualified fifth. Lance Stroll qualified sixth. Esteban Ocon qualified seventh. Nico Halkenberg qualified eighth. Fernando Alonso qualified ninth. And Oscar Piastri qualified in tenth place. In eleventh place was Sergio Perez. In twelfth place was George Russell. In thirteenth place was Joe Guanyu. In fourteenth place was Nick DeVries. In thirteenth place was Yuki Tsunoda. In sixteenth place was Valtteri Bottas. In seventeenth place was Kevin Magnussen. 
Alex Albon qualified 18th, Charles Leclerc qualified 19th, and Logan Sargent qualified in 20th place. All right, welcome back from that short break. Now let's go through the race itself. Now remember, this is the 53rd Spanish Grand Prix World Championship. But it is the third time we have gone racing, 33rd time, sorry, we have gone racing on this circuit in Barcelona, Spain. Now, we do 66 laps here. And like I said, it has, the track has 14 turns, 8 to the right, 6 to the left. It has a length of about 4.657 kilometers. If you prefer miles, it's about 2.89 miles. Now, before the start of the rain, there was talks about a possibility of it raining on track during the race. And so we'll get into that and see whether it rained or not. We also saw Pierre Gasly dropping six places because he was served with two penalties. At the end of the qualifying, I told you that Gasly had impeded Carlos Sainz Jr. and Max Verstappen during qualifying. And the stewards noted it. So he was served with two penalty series. Sorry, they cost him six places. And so from qualifying in fourth place, he dropped down to 10th place on the grid. We also saw Charles Leclerc and Logan Sargent starting the race from the pit lane. All right, let's quickly go through what happened at the race itself. I'll just summarize it because 66 laps is a lot of laps to go through. Okay, quickly, on lap one, Max Verstappen managed to get away from Carlos Sainz Jr., but not without a challenge. Carlos really put on a, a show, a fight. I don't know. He really, really tried to get ahead of Max. But I don't know whether it was the car, the Red Bull, or Max Verstappen being no match for Carlos Sainz and the Ferrari. They drove so close to each other, they almost made contact, in my opinion. Then, still on that lap, we saw contact between Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton. And it was Lando Norris's front wing that touched the rear of Lewis Hamilton. Now, unfortunately, Lando suffered the most because he had a damaged front wing and he had to pit. As he was doing that, Lewis managed to maintain fourth place. Meanwhile, his teammate slightly went off the track but came back on. Then we also saw on the first lap, Lance Stroll making up two places and so he was in third ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Now we get to lap two and Max Verstappen has managed to increase the gap between himself and Carlos Sainz to one and a half seconds. That was good for him. And we now see George Russell who had started in 12th place up into 7th place by the second lap of the race. And unfortunately, Lando Norris had dropped to 20th place on the grid. Now two laps later, on lap four, Lando Norris Sets the fastest lap of the race, albeit he's at the bottom of the grid. Then just quickly run down through the tire choices because the tires really affected different strategies in the race. We saw Max Verstappen who was leading on medium tires and then the rest behind him from Carlos Sainz who was in second to Nico Hulkenberg who was in ninth on soft tires. Then in 10th place was Sergio Perez who was on medium tires. So it was a Red Bull strategy. And then the rest of the drivers behind Perez, that was from Yuki Tsunoda in 11th to Valtteri Bottas in 17th, were on soft tyres. Then you had Charles Leclerc on, in 18th on hard tyres, Logan Sargent in 19th on mediums, and Landon Norris in, in 20th on the hard tyres. 
Now, two laps later, we saw Sergio Perez on lap six make an overtake on Nico Hulkenberg for ninth place. See, the thing about Sergio Perez is he constantly has to fight for his life, I feel like, at Red Bull. Because with Daniel Ricciardo back, as albeit he's in the reserve driver position, but Daniel has really let us know that he wants to race again. So with Daniel Ricciardo back and this, you know, the competitiveness of Red Bull, he needs to be finishing higher up on the grid. Like Martin Brando said, if he can't beat Max, at least let him finish in second place. And he had just come out of Monaco. Remember what happened in Monaco? If you didn't watch the Monaco Grand Prix, you can find the podcast episode on this channel. So in Monaco, he had all that going on and he did not do well in qualifying in the race. It just was not his race. And now we get back to Spain and he has to really, really fight for it. Anyway, still on lap six, we saw Valtteri Bottas in 19th place pitting. So he got the soft tires off and returned in 19th place on the hard tire. Then on lap seven, we saw an overtake. This one was from George Russell. He overtook Fernando Alonso for sixth place. And then the next lap, we saw another Aston Martin being overtaken. And that was obviously Lance Stroll. So this time, Lewis overtook Lance Stroll for third place. So that happened to them. And we also saw Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari, who is now 16th. I thought that was impressive. Starting from the pit lane is no joke. But he was now 16th after overtaking Alex Albon. Now, Alex Albon was on softs. Leclerc was on hards. I know you can compare the Williams and the Ferrari, and obviously there's like a huge difference. But I also think tire choices played a role, a huge, huge role in influencing the outcome of the race this time around. Now, Leclerc's teammate, Carlos Sainz Jr., was behind Max Verstappen, but now the gap had increased from more th- from one and a half seconds to now four and a half seconds. So Max was really pulling far and far and far away for Carlos Sainz Jr. Now, two laps later on lap 10, we saw Valtteri Bottas' teammate, Joe Guanyu, who was running in ninth place on the soft tires. He went and pitted for the hard tires, and that caused him to drop to 16th place. We also saw Nico Hulkenberg pitting, and Nico was running in 19th place, but interestingly, when he pitted, he moved up to 17th place, and he came out with the medium tires. We saw Nick DeVries in 16th place pit, and then when he came out of the pits, he was in 19th place on the hard tires. So, many people started the race on soft tires, but then into the race a few laps in there, they realized that they should have or that they could perform better with the medium tires or the hard tires and not the soft tires. Now we get to lap 11 and we see George Russell who had started 12. Now make an overtake on Alonso's former teammate Esteban Ocon for 5th place. So Ocon drops to 6th. Alonso places himself up. Sorry, Russell places himself up into 5th place. And then, impressively, on lap 12, we see Nico Hagenbach, who's now running in 14th place on medium tyres, setting the fastest lap. I told you, it was the tyres really influenced performance, because when Hagenbach pitted and then came back on these fresh mediums, he was just able to get as much speed out of them as he possibly could in a Haas car. Now, on lap 13, we see the Mercedes drivers starting to, you know, chase down other drivers. We saw George Russell... Just over two seconds away from Lance Stroll, who was running in fourth place. We saw Lewis just over a second away from Carlos Sainz in second place. And both of them were chasing really, really hard. 
Now lap 14, Esteban Ocon, who had dropped to sixth, remember after Russell had overtaken him, he gives up and decides, he doesn't give up, but anyway, he pits, gets rid of the soft tires and gets the medium tires. When he gets the medium tires, he returns to the grid in 13th place. Then uh, the following lap on lap 15, we see Lewis now less than a second away from Carlos Sainz Jr. Carlos was running in second, so Lewis was in third. And now Lewis was really, really closing in on him. Then we also see another driver, Pete. This time it was Lance Stroll who was in fourth place. He pitted, got rid of the soft tires and came out on hard tires in 12th place on the grid. Now lap 16, the Ferraris also now start to change strategy. So Charles Leclerc is ninth by lap 16 and Carlos Sainz who is second by lap 16 is called to pit. When he returns to the grid, he returns in ninth place on medium tires behind his teammate Charles Leclerc who has now moved up a place into eighth. And remember Charles was on hard tires and he hadn't pitted yet. Now, a lap later, Charles Leclerc pits. He was running in eighth. He pleat, sorry, he pits, loses the hard tires and gets the soft tires. Now, remember, he had a good number of sets of soft tires, I would say, because he had gotten eliminated in Q1, so he probably didn't really use a lot of tires during his qualification, so he had tires. So anyway, he loses the hard tires and gets soft tires because they are faster. He's now, ideally, he would now, be able to make up more positions by overtaking yeah so that i think that that was the idea in my opinion now by lap 19 this is where the top of the grid was looking like it was max in first place lewis in second russell in third alonso in fourth perez in fifth and signs in sixth now signs had just overtaken gasly on that lap now we get to lap 20 alonso and pierre gasly pete alonso comes out on her tires in 10th place while Gasly gets medium tires and returns in 16th place on the grid. The following lap, Nico Hagenberg still sets the fastest lap, and this time he's up into 11th place. And at this point, every other driver had pitted except the top four drivers. So it was Max, Lewis, Russell, and Perez who had not yet pitted at all. Now, four laps later, lap 25, Lewis who was running in second place, he pitted, he was on the softs, he pitted and got mediums, and then he came out onto the track in fifth place. Now his teammate George Russell had moved up to second place, and he was still on soft tires and had not yet pitted. Now the next lap on lap 26, George Russell pitted, he was, run, he was running in second place, remember? He pitted and returned to the grid in sixth place behind Lance Stroll, and he was now running on medium tires, while Lance Stroll was running on soft tires. Now remember Leclerc who had dropped to 18th after pitting on lap 17? Well, by this particular point, he was running up in 14th place. So he had made up a couple of places, which I thought was interesting or impressive, I would say. And when we get to lap 28, and Sergio Perez in 4th place pits and comes out of the pits in 9th place. Now, just before he had pitted, George Russell thought it was raining. And in fact, he radioed to say that, you know, I think it's raining. And if he was right at that moment, it would have meant that Perez had made a mistake by pitting earlier for dry tires when he was going to have to pit again for wet tires. But it turned out to be a false alarm. In fact, I think they had a conversation with the engineer and I think they concluded that it could have been George Russell's sweat on his face that was making him think it was raining. Anyway, a few laps later, lap 34, 
Remember Perez being ninth on lap 28 after pitting? Well, by this particular lap, he was now running in sixth place after overtaking Esteban Ocon and Yuki Tsunoda. Now we get to lap 35 and Lance Stroll in sixth place. He pits, loses soft tires, gets the hard tires and returns on the grid on hard tires in 13th place. We also see Yuki Tsunoda pitting too and he comes out in 14th place on the medium tires. Meanwhile, Sergio Perez makes an overtake in Esteban Ocon for fourth place and he now begins his chase on Carlos Sainz Jr. Carlos Sainz Jr. was running in fourth place. Now we get to lap 37, that's two laps later, and George Russell overtakes Carlos Sainz Jr. for third place. So now Russell's behind Lewis, who is 14 seconds behind Max Verstappen because Max was leading the race. Meanwhile, at the bottom of the grid, Lando Norris was stuck in 20th place, but eventually he moved up into 19th place after Logan Sargent pitted. So it's safe to say that McLaren did not have a good race whatsoever. They just dreaded everything. We get to lap 40, that's three laps later, and Lando Norris, who is now running in 17th place, gets lapped. It just was not a good race for McLaren. So he gets lapped and that must have hurt anyway back to the top 10 Leclerc who was 14th on lap 26 is now 7th on the grid by lap 40 then we get to see on lap 42 that's two laps later Carlos Sainz Jr. in 4th place pitting and coming out in 6th place so he only lost 2 places and then we also see his teammate Charles Leclerc pitting for hard tyres so he loses the softs that he had gotten on lap 17 gets the hards and comes out in 14th place, which was not so bad if you think about it. Now lap 46, we see Alonso in 6th place, pit for hard tyres for the second time and he comes out in 10th place. We see George Russell in 3rd, pit for soft tyres and he comes out in 4th place behind Perez, who's behind Lewis, who's behind Max. And then also on this lap, we get to see, we get to hear Max being warned for exceeding track limits twice. So if he did it again, he was going to be shown black and white flags and if he did that again he was going to be penalized now by lap 47 Lando Norris had somehow made it to 15th place after being at the bottom for a while which brought relief to me but yeah he was up into 15th place after being at the bottom for a while remember on lap 37 we talked about him being stuck in 20th and 19th place Anyway, we also see progress from another drive on lap 50. That was Fernando Alonso. Having dropped to 10th place on lap 46, he was now up into 8th place on the hard tyre. So he made up two places. Then we saw drivers pitting on lap 51. We saw Lewis in 2nd place pitting and coming out in 2nd on the soft tyres. We saw Perez in 3rd place pitting and coming out on the soft tyres in 5th place on the grid. And then we also saw George Russell in 3rd place setting the fastest lap of the race. Now in lap 53, the race leader Max Verstappen pitted and came out in 1st place on the soft tyres with 16 seconds as the gap between himself and Lewis Hamilton. Then his teammate, Sergio Perez, managed to make an overtake on Carlos Sainz Jr. for fourth place. And then on lap 54, unfortunately, Lando Norris was back in 20th place. And then he moved up later on into 19th place. But that's because he had managed to make an overtake on Valtteri Bottas. And, well, he didn't necessarily drop of his own accord. It was because he had pitted. But regardless, he was just so far down. 
I mean, he couldn't go lower than that. That's how far down he was. We get to lab 57, and then we are told, okay, we're not told, but we hear George Russell being warned that Sergio Perez is going to chase him down in the final laps. And then we also see Sergio Perez being warned by his engineer to preserve his stairs for a chase against Russell towards the end. Like I said, Sergio Perez is literally driving to survive. We get to lap 59, and Max Verstappen is shown black and white flags for exceeding track limits at Tantan. So one more time and he'll be given a penalty. Although even though he's given a penalty, he's leading the race, but he's leading it with an 18 second gap difference between himself and Lewis Hamilton. So even if he was given a 10 second penalty, he would still finish the race 8 seconds ahead of Lewis. So he wouldn't lose the race win unless he got two penalties. So that then that would be life, not life threatening, but race win threatening for him. Anyway, we get to lap 60 and we see an act of kindness from Fernando Alonso. So Alonso, who was in 7th place, was behind Lance Stroll, was in 6th place. He comes on radio, Alonso comes on radio and says that Lance Stroll shouldn't worry about him overtaking him. Well, in his words, he was like, and I quote, Lance shouldn't worry about me overtaking him. I'm just trying to build a gap away from Ocon, who's behind me in 8th. Well, it's not exactly quote for quote, but that's what it was like. So he was like saying, you know, my teammate is ahead of me. I'm coming at him really fast, but he shouldn't think that I'm trying to race him. I'm just trying to build a gap between the people chasing me behind so I can protect him to finish higher up on the grid. I thought that was really kind of him. That was very, 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 very kind of him. I don't know if you'd see that from a good number of um, drivers on the grid. Anyway, we get to lap 62 and Sergio Perez in fourth place is given the go-ahead to start chasing down George Russell. By lap 65, Perez couldn't catch George Russell. He just could not make it up to the Mercedes. And the gap was just two seconds. Well, not just two seconds. That's somewhat of a long time to chase down a car. So Perez would have needed extra time to chase down Russell and make the overtake on him. So ideally, I'm thinking, I'm not a, an engineer or race strategist, but if he began on the lap where he was told to preserve his tires, lap 57, then maybe he could have made the overtake on George Russell. Anyway, he fails to catch George Russell. And we see on the final lap, Max Verstappen still holding the fastest lap. And he also goes on to win the race. So this was Max Verstappen's fifth race win of the season. He, he has won in Spain, in Monaco, he has won in Miami, Australia, and Bahrain. So, that's your man, Max Verstappen. So, here are the official race results for the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. Max Verstappen won the race, Louis Hamilton finished second, George Russell came third, Sergio Perez finished fourth, Carlos Sainz Jr. finished fifth, Lance Stroll finished sixth, Fernando Alonso finished seventh, Esteban Ocon finished 8th, Joe Guanyu finished 9th, Pierre Gasly finished 10th. Impressively, in 11th place was Charles Leclerc, Yuki Tsunoda finished 12th, Oscar Piastri finished 19th, Nick De Vries finished 14th, Nico Hakenberg finished 15th, Alex Albon finished 16th, Lando Norris finished 17th, Kevin Magnussen finished 18th, Valtteri Bottas finished 19th, and Logan Sargent finished in 20th place.
Now, I hope you enjoyed listening to my review of the Spanish Grand Prix. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast because I'll be bringing you the next race, which we will have in Canada and thereafter Austria, then the UK, then we'll go to Netherlands and then Asia and then back to America. Just know the whole thing will be up in this podcast channel. Thank you so much for listening in. As always, if you'd like to connect, please do not hesitate. You can find me on Instagram as at humura underscore Ruth. Humura is spelled as H-U-M-U-R-A underscore Ruth. And on Twitter, that's the same name, Humura Ruth. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Mbabazi Humura Ruth. Mbabazi is spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I. And you can interact with my motorsports content on my website, which is www.zhumura.com. Now that is spelled as Z-E-E-H-U-M-U-R-A.com. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time.